But you know what? I thought you were mysterious like my mother until it turned out the mysterious just meant depressed, all right? Hard to reach. I mean, I'm dying here. I don't like going out. You know that I get anxiety when I have to meet people. You know how hard that is. Everything you touch turns to shit! Like King Midas' idiot brother. Jesus. But if you two aren't the biggest pair of fuck-ups I've ever met in my entire life... Hello everyone, it's time for another installment of Give Us a Second, our epic mini-show series as part of the greatest moments in the history of Forever Universe. This is episode 7, Twin Peaks The Return, part 3, believe it or not. Yes, that's right. We're excited to keep going. Everything's going really well with these episodes. (laughs) I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And we're back already. Have you sent your listener requests in yet to us? No? Well, please do. (laughs) Get on it. (laughs) Unless you want to hear 23 more parts to this Twin Peaks shit show that we got going. Everyone is just so afraid that it's just going to be a thorough trashing of their pick. Well, then suggest a movie that you want to get trashed. We've completely sold out. We will do whatever. <laughs> but you until know, then, we're going to keep beating you down with these A lot of the podcasts up. that you ass clowns listen to besides this one probably would do something like this through like a Patreon. This is free. There's like cannons being shot <laughs> over at our apartment. I mean, what is going on? I don't know. It's really, it is like a David Lynch film in this apartment yeah. at all times. Well, and everywhere. <laughs> In my life. Uh, Have you seen the people walking around the south side? (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, some of them are occasionally in our backyard. Um, (laughs) So, follow the show on Twitter, at GreatestPod. Let's get right into it. This will probably be a slightly extended version of our usual give us a second length so i think we'll it's all free to you people so don't complain about it and i think we'll probably take a different approach to this one as opposed to the way we did the first two probably not okay so let's kind of go let's hit just like the main figures in the in the town of twin peaks i mean we can we kind of get little snapshots of jacoby and nadine and people like that, and Mike even, and he still is the man. <laughs> Mike is the man. I'm wondering if Mike. I is didn't recognize show him the first again. time they showed him. It seems like I wish he was dating Nadine. It seems like he would have to show up at least one more time. Yeah, maybe because it was so pointless. To, I think to like, have him come back just for that. A good way to kind of get into this for like one of the best scenes early on in my mind. I think it's episode four, but it's. You know, the first couple episodes, we don't get a ton of Twin Peaks stuff. So, in episode four, where you first meet Bobby and you realize he's a cop. Yeah. Which is cool. But then they kind of do like a little, kind of making fun of the original series. Kind of just like uh, to show that this is not what this is going to be like. But also a little bit of fan service. When Bobby sees Laura Palmer's picture... <laughs> And they play the music from the old show, and it's just, like, blasting, and he's just, like, weeping. <laughs> and it's I thought great. it was a touching moment. I oh, mean, I loved like, it, yeah. And I, I, But it, they show, like, the other cops kind of reacting to him doing it. They're like, well, <laughs> get it together, man. We kind of have, like, these 
you know, very macro discussions at times about what Twin Peaks is really about. And I think the answer is really that it's, it's about, about Bobby crying a lot of things. There's a lot of information that uh, Lynch and Frost are trying to get across here. And, you know, they have been since way back in 89 when this whole thing, you know, came together. But one of the things at the heart of this show forever is the death of Laura Palmer and its effect on this town and the people that were involved in that case and the people whose lives were touched by Laura's. And I think this was like a very uh, fitting kind of nod to that idea that like Bobby, who was, you know, kind of an out of control teenager back in the day. Criminal, has, dealing drugs. He murdered a guy in Firewalk. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, he's pulled his life together and he's become a respectable member of society. He is a father. And yet... To some monster. This Amanda Seyfried. <laughs> how dare you. This kind of reminder of his past, it's like she, you know, Laura is still kind of haunting everyone deep down and they can't move on from it because, and I saw, I saw very recently somebody post kind of this long drawn out thing on Reddit about how you can view Twin Peaks in two different ways. And it's, it's not an original idea. I mean, it's something that people talked about during the show's original run, but I think that's true. I think there is a way to view this where all of the supernatural stuff can kind of be seen as metaphor or what some of the characters are creating in their own minds to deal with like certain traumas. Like you could say that the whole thing that we talked about in part 2 about like the multiple Dale Coopers and stuff, it's really just his mental breakdown after dealing with um, such a horrific case. Because, I mean, you know, at the center of the story is a father that raped and murdered his own daughter. And this was like, and, you know, similarly to how Lynch kind of deals with, like, towns like Twin Peaks in other of his works, like Blue Velvet and stuff. The underbelly. Well, like, I think there was, like, a goodness in Twin Peaks. It was a serene happy place on the surface and it's kind of just been irreparably shattered by something so terrible happening the town of dairy (laughs) and so this is where we're at now now i i think you know that's just one way to kind of interpret things i think another way is that like all this shit is real and everybody you know there's all this crazy stuff but like Seeing Bobby react to that picture is kind of just a reminder of how this all started and what this all means to the pe- to the characters as people. Because you can kind of get lost yeah. in that supernatural a, shuffle of like, what is all this bullshit? Well, I would say it's a good nod to the original series through a multitude of ways. Because <laughs> it's also like, Bobby is this like emotional reactive mess in the early yeah. season two. At her funeral, I mean... <laughs> He just completely loses his mind. Yeah, that's an unbelievable. (laughs) It's an unbelievable scene. I know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, like with the schmaltzy music is like a callback to the way that it was like 
kind of you know a parody of like the the uh, primetime soaps of its era and it had like that kind of cheese feel to some of the um, scenes and some of the like quote-unquote like drama going on between a lot of the characters and stuff and so Bobby and Shelly you know seemingly kept it together for a while at some point yeah maybe we're married until it turned good well I think I do think her name is Shelly Briggs in the credits so they were married at some point and they had a daughter named Becky who is now Becky Briggs BB you know, I guess like in her 20s or something. And she's played by Amanda Seyfried. She's kind of become like the town's new candidate for future Laura Palmer. Um, kind of living a wild, out of control life. She's married to... What but I, she's like post high school and it like, you know, didn't go great for her. Right. And I, we've had our own like endless conversations because a lot of people made the same comparison of like Becky and Laura. And the difference was like Laura was like this had like two very different lives and she actually was like a good person and had a dark side. Whereas like with Becky, we've never seen anything to yeah. suggest she's a good person. No. <laughs> I don't think she's, she's a, a terrible person. She's a lunatic though. Yeah. She's... She seemingly she's has just gone temper. down the, the wrong path and she's Misguided. married to a loser. Yeah, yeah. And she does shitty things, obviously, but like... Firing guns off at apartment doors. Yeah, and doing a lot of drugs and whatnot. Taking her mom's money. But... Who must be making like $2 an hour. <laughs> well, that's the thing with Norma. I mean, she pays her employees too much. That's true. That's why uh, the double R is not as successful as her other franchises norma's double r yeah or whatever they're called probably wouldn't hurt to bring in some new waitresses too <laughs> i mean she's very loyal keeping the same staff since 1989 okay you're going to the double r for years and all of a sudden Shelly's, Shelly's not, not working there, there anymore <laughs> are you kidding are me hanging themselves <laughs> i would burn that city to the ground <laughs> Shelly, uh mad dynamic Still looks incredible. Should be as come as a surprise to no one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. Well, Age I'm, is a horrible thing. But she's been in stuff. I mean, she was in like how many people know what she's Gossip been in? Girl and Mad Men and Riverdale, Gilmore and, Girls. She's been in just tons of TV shows, yeah. so people know what she looks like. She's been around. Okay, so you know. We're kind of getting the, the the idea that Bobby and Shelly are now separated. She she still has a taste for bad boys, and you know she's involved with some local scumbag now. We're not going to get too deep into that because we got to move on. Who else do we have living in Twin Peaks in 2017? Um, well, there's a lot of characters who are still kind of the same, like Hawk, Log Lady. There's definitely uh, Big Ed. There's definitely characters who haven't really changed it at all. It took even longer to see Big Ed than it did Audrey. Yeah. Which I think will save Audrey for the end. But there's um, not nothing new here with a lot of those characters. Well, it seems like... I will say that like with Ben Horn up at the Great Northern... I enjoy all the Ben Horn scenes. It seems like he's... He went through like a, a roller coaster ride of of different things I during the original I think life's been pretty run. rough for, for Ben here. Uh, you know, he seems to have kind of reformed his womanizing, devious ways, and is now kind of more subdued. And seems we don't know what happened. He may have never recovered from this whole Audrey thing, with which we don't know what that is exactly. 
Well, obviously she gets, you know, she wrote him a note before she went and locked herself in the bank and then the bank exploded. So right. he knew and it I think in the secret history of Twin Peaks the book, I think it's implied that he might have been the only one that knew why she was there. Oh yeah. At the bank. Well, I will say about Ben too, whenever Frank Truman tells him about his grandson Richard basically committing murder of a child. He <laughs> yeah. just has a very like tired kind of beat down. Well, it seems reaction well, it seems it. like uh the whole Richard situation has been a problem. This has been a path they've kind yeah, of been yeah. going down and it seemed like it was maybe inevitable that he was going to do something terrible. Um Richard is obviously a new character. We didn't find out until very recently uh, that he is, in fact, Audrey's son. Full, oh, full dis- I should say that my experience to us discussing the possibility <laughs> of Richard being Audrey and Evil Cooper's son, because that's what there was a lot of speculation of that early on, and I would sit here and say, but that doesn't make sense. Audrey was in a coma whenever Evil Cooper was supposedly hanging hanging around Twin Peaks still, and you were like, Figure it out, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you're kind of like the ideal uh, Mark? innocent yeah. for like the David Lynch world. Like, you couldn't picture a I father raping the his horror. Own daughter, yeah, and you couldn't picture, uh, you couldn't imagine like Evil Cooper raping Audrey in a coma. Which Although we it, don't know for sure that's even what if happened. If that is what happened, it would certainly make sense for her current predicament, which is just completely bizarre (laughs) um yeah i mean we should say that like uh, probably at least you know i don't have a crystal ball audrey (laughs) at least one more episode will air before we actually post what we're recording right now that's true this could all be revealed yeah we might actually know that for a fact that evil cooper is or is not uh richard's father or maybe they'll never reveal that for sure and they'll leave that up to the viewer but you know, we check in with like uh, Big Ed eventually, and he's still pining after Norma, just like in the original run. And it seems like they're going to be kept apart by circumstances yet again. And then Nadine, who's kind of taken a liking to uh, Jacoby's new alter ego, Doctor Amp, who kind of ton of screen time for Doctor Jacoby. He's seemingly like this bizarre, semi-political, motivational internet. <laughs> guy and like, seems to have some followers i think we saw jerry horn checking in on this oh, Dr. Yeah. broadcast at one point but nadine really like nadine really likes his whole spiel nadine's got her silent drape runners going finally and yeah she decides to her. let ed free and so you know he goes in to profess his love and everything for norma and then she's seemingly wrapped up with this guy who's she's in business with franchising her restaurants and then she tells him to fuck off basically yeah and then they go kiss screw and get engaged and it's like this big fan service feel good oh, Redding music playing. oh yeah that was great yeah that that whole score of the otis Redding thing because like in that particular song like it kind of like builds up in a happy way and then it kind of like comes back down and you're like oh, down yeah, and yeah. out again and then it, it kind of rises back emotion. up yeah. yeah it was like a perfect like up and down thing for that moment where he finally we finally get the moment where norma and big ed can be together you know as has been discussed harry truman not appearing in the series he has been referenced plenty of times so it wouldn't he is shock still a character me. yeah 
if he does show up for a second or something, maybe. They- well, it's kind of like the David Bowie thing, right? It's like they keep <laughs> Philip Jeffries is in it. There's flashbacks to old David Bowie, and you're like, is it? Is he going to make an appearance? And then you're like, oh no, oh, he's no, he's just going to be a tea kettle or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, because okay. it is like, like you, I think you said this on the first episode. It's like David Bowie lived longer than some of the people that are on this show. Yeah, um, Catherine Coulson, I believe is her name, who plays uh, Margaret Latterman, the log lady, she um, died in late 2015. Yeah, that's Right when they would have been starting. So they must have, like... filmed multiple scenes for... Now, granted, it's all... It could have all been shot in one day, right? Yeah, I mean, it had to have been. Yeah. And that, her, you know... They must have just ran a camera on her for... (laughs) <laughs> a full day her farewell in the series was very touching it was kind of hard to watch but i did like whenever it kind of showed her house and then the lights going out and it felt it felt nice to kind of have that moment because obviously i'm sure she acted in other things but this is who she her is signature role and for fans of twin peaks you know she's a, a kind of a central figure to the whole lore of the show and it kind of gave everyone that like moment to say goodbye to like this beloved character you know and obviously she passed away you know a year and a half ago almost two years ago at this point and we're kind of you know we we're lucky now to be like oh okay well we got to have this moment we didn't realize it because it took forever for this fucking show to come out but like (laughs) here we have it and it's like and it, they worked it well into the story. Like she kind of helped Hawk and the gang in Twin Peaks realize that something was up and that they needed to go back and look at this. That something was screwy, and they didn't know what at first. And now it's kind of become clear that it has something to do with Cooper. And there was two Coopers, and like maybe the one that came back out at the and end. And even of- like her leading, basically, kind of leading Hawk in a roundabout way to find. Laura's diary pages in the Twin Peaks Sheriff's Station. Right. And how they kind of tied that back in to both the show and Fire Walk With Me. Right. Yeah, because when we when you watch Fire Walk With Me, you finally get the answer to something that had occurred in the original run, which was like there were these missing pages and we didn't know like what all they were. And then all of a sudden in Fire Walk With Me, she's writing about a dream and, you know, Annie's in her bed covered in blood and you're like, well, she doesn't, Obviously, like Annie and Agent Cooper are people that weren't a part of Laura's actual life, but Annie's telling her to write this stuff down in her journal. And so you're like, well, whatever became of this? And then, like, there's the whole thing in the original series where pages were missing. And then, right, yeah. Now that finally paid off. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of like how in the first episode of the show, there's a fish in the percolator of the coffee maker. Is that the first episode? One, yeah, I yeah, think I mean, it's the yeah. first episode, and it doesn't really become clear. Like, and it's a mystery that you wouldn't even think about after that first episode because you just—it's some weird thing that happened. But then it's kind of like, oh well, Josie probably put it in there to get rid of Cooper, so that to, so that they wouldn't stick around, right. or whatever. You know, it's just like these little things that kind of like come back that you wouldn't even like thought about that part is so gross to think about 
<laughs> I mean, I know you don't even like coffee anyway, but the idea of a well, yeah, fish. Yeah, it's horrible. Being, uh, but like. That would take me a long time to recover from. I think about things a lot and for a long time after they happen. <laughs> <laughs> that would be tough. Um, Have we hit everyone but Audrey? Is there anyone left? Oh, okay. So obviously we knew that uh, Harry wasn't coming back. I have thought that Robert Forrester has been entertaining in this role because he kind of they're kind of have having his character be more like subdued and react in very subtle ways to what other people right. are doing around him in in the scene with Michael Sarah who plays oh Wally Brando uh, we didn't talk about this in part one did we I don't think so oh uh, I mean that's probably one of my favorite scenes out of the whole series the Wally Brando yeah I will say that like some of the one episode cameos that have popped up along the way like michael Sarah playing um lucy and andy's son and he's basically just doing this bizarre marlon brando impression but like in this just completely insane way that right. only makes sense in something like twin peaks i mean it still doesn't make it sense, has no but... relation to anything else and then like it was ha- basically like they just wanted to do this scene yeah and like having uh monica bellucci pop up as herself in a dream that Gordon Cole had. I mean, like these little things that kind of just make the show like so memorable and different. Like those, those two things in particular, like one episode things like are going to be some of the most memorable parts of this season. And the French woman in Cole's room. Yeah. Yeah. Was just unbelievable. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But yeah, I mean, like you said, Frank Truman reacting to, the wall okay, yeah i get i get derailed from my thoughts yeah. very easily but like yeah i i have enjoyed robert forster's performance in this role but like at the same time i do think that uh harry missing from this season has kind of been the biggest void yeah if they would have had harry you know interacting with lucy and andy and hawk and being on the hunt for cooper his friend he would be like super driven too because the last we saw was basically in a scene that kind of shows his the loyalty that he has to cooper he basically like just sits outside in the woods and waits for him for like a day yeah in the last episode yeah i mean i think that that would kind of give a little bit more of a special feeling to this investigation that these cops have been on wouldn't you recently i I kind of like going into the series at one point i thought maybe robert forrester was just gonna play harry people kind of speculated that a little bit yeah and i kind of thought that harry would have been this kind of cop you know he went on with his life and continued his job and everything but would never really got over this thing that happened with cooper like he just wouldn't really understand it because he had gotten very close with him and then all of a sudden this guy possibly uh, commits crimes and then just disappears. Like, I feel like it would be something that like had haunted him for the past 25 years. And he's had this thing, this, you know, he just had to figure out what happened. Yeah. I mean, I think, I do think it's possible that if they would have gotten, uh, Michael on Kane to do this, like it would have changed some of the twin Peaks stuff. I think the show itself would largely be the same, but like the the Twin Peaks storyline with the sheriff's department and everything would probably feel and be different, right? You know, and they went down the road of recasting a part 
in Fire Walk with me, they brought in like Maura Kelly to play Donna when Laura Flynn Boyle left, and obviously Laura Flynn Boyle not in this series either. Seemingly difficult to work with. I wish she would have sung her part in You and I. <laughs> we didn't talk about James. Ladies, he's still cool. He's oh, yeah. always been cool. Which is weird because it's like Shelly and James, no interaction in the original series, I don't think. Yeah, maybe she was carrying a torch for him. Yeah. They do reference he, he was in a motorcycle accident and that he's been off or something since, a little off or whatever, but we don't know the details of that. We don't know if Donna is dead. We did see Donna's dad, who's not actually her biological father, but uh, Doc right. Hayward. We yeah. saw him briefly. Also dead in real yeah, life. Yeah, he passed away recently. Mark Frost's father. Yeah. Who also... <laughs> I love how, like... Uh, Doc oh. Hayward and uh, Sarah Palmer yeah, the parents are the parents of George's uh, dead wife from Seinfeld. <laughs> um, uh, it was the best uh, Seinfeld current day ever for me was the Gone Girl thing, where it was like <laughs> whatever the you know what if Gone Girl's still on TV or something, but it like the picture was like ben affleck at the press conference or something and the yeah. parents were <laughs> susan's parents <laughs> yeah there's been some good twin peaks related seinfeld current days but anyway yeah we didn't even mention sarah palmer she's only popped up a couple of times and every time memorable moments though i will say grace sabrisky in this series has been unbelievable i mean i don't know if you can get nominated for like an emmy for only being in like a couple of scenes <laughs> five scenes yeah. but she's just like a powerhouse every time yeah i mean obviously the last time we saw her we kind of it, it 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 unleashed a whole barrage of new questions and as it's to like what the is fuck. she the mother <laughs> she's a mother all yeah. right <laughs> so yeah we but before we even got that supernatural tilt to her character, like just the the ravages of like alcoholism and mental illness, oh, I and know. like it, it just was like a kind of chilling thing, and it kind of once again brings it back to well, when I yeah the I effect mean, of what happened on the survivors. Oof, yeah, that's a tough role to fill. Your family is just all of a sudden gone because your father. Or your husband raped and murdered your daughter, and then eventually he dies. Well, he also used to drug you while he did it. And then he, you know, murders your niece as well. Right. Um, <laughs> who may or may not be Laura's actual doppelganger. I don't want to really think we can get into that Yeah, that's a bit right too now. expansive. So, yeah, Sarah Palmer, every time she's been on, has been electric. Which brings us, obviously, to Audrey... We've been kind of dancing around it. Uh, she was my favorite character yeah, yeah. in the original. Sherilyn Fenn. Everyone's favorite. In the early 90s. You know. Who didn't have I a crush? I dare you to find a hotter woman <laughs> in the history of time than Sherilyn Fenn in the original Twin Peaks. So elegant, I would say. And just a great character, too. Yeah. Like, smart, funny sassy in a good way like just like all the hit all the right beats was super cool Confident. yeah but like there was also so much more underneath the surface like obviously in our conversations i've referenced how she's the only one who like reacts emotionally to seeing like leland's meltdown at the uh 
that dance thing that's going on. Oh, Remember yeah. when he's just dancing by himself and he's begging people to dance <laughs> and it's like everyone's like horrified and embarrassed yeah. for him and she's just like crying. And you know, she obviously had some sort of a complicated relationship with Laura, but like it was still seemed profoundly like touched by her murder in a way that like a lot of the other characters wouldn't let on and just was like was secretly like a virgin which we you know find out in season two just like a great character and we all know Sherilyn Finn has been cast in the revival we're all waiting for her to pop up on it's screen it's like every week you're just like what when is she gonna be on yeah I mean as we referenced before the original run ends with her in a, an explosion in the bank. I mean, I had like a lot of my mind was running wild with what she could potentially be on this uh, in the early episodes where you f- first meet some of those Vegas dudes and they reference like a boss who's like a millionaire or something. And I'm like, it could it be Audrey? Did, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, was Audrey involved with the boxing in New York City? Yeah, like, everything I, I don't know. seemed like. like- a potential for the right. Audrey character. But yeah, we, we we don't know like was she like permanently damaged from this explosion? All of a sudden we see this young creep going around doing all this horrible violent shit, and then we find out his name is Richard Horn, and we're like, Horn? Huh. Is this Audrey's son? But like still no Audrey, still no Audrey. We get twelve episodes in. And it's kind of this unexpected jump cut to a scene where it kind of pans across a room and she's standing there in front of a fireplace and we don't know what is going on. And it is distressing. And that scene itself, her first scene, which is just a conversation, all of her scenes so far to this point of the time of we're recording this have all been just with one other guy who we've never seen before, this bald... Odd-looking man. Not a midget, but... Kind of. I don't know. It is weird. I don't I mean, know if you should say midget. I know it's insensitive, but <laughs> I I mean it in the nicest way possible. A little person... But, like, kind of looks like one, but when he was actually standing... He's almost as tall as her. His clothes kind of fit weird. His arms look short and stocky. Yeah, I mean, he's I he's actually been in other things. He's in... Um, I know he's on Sin a show. City. Oh yeah, the movie. Um, he's been around, uh, usually in just kind of oddball little characters or whatever. But like, it's kind of like, who is this guy? Their conversation. They start referencing all these names to people we don't know. It's a very like uneasy feeling to the whole thing. Like you're like, well, what she's are they very talking frantic, about? Yeah, it's like she has this. It's this ongoing thing in all these scenes of like, we gotta go. We gotta go right now. Like. And they never go. Yeah, yeah. And that's the whole thing. It's like this very they're trapped in a loop almost yeah. of like not of like talking about something but not actually acting on it over and over and over in all these different ways and it never gets anywhere. And she wants to go to the roadhouse, but then at one point there are there and then there's a, these little clues to things. It's like she's acting like she doesn't know where it is, the roadhouse, which doesn't make any sense. He at one point gets frustrated with her and says, do you want me, or do you want me to end your story too? And you're like, well, what does that mean? Right. And she goes, what story is that? The story of the little girl that lived down the lane. And you're just like, what are they talking about? What does this mean? They're, you know, she wants to find this guy, Billy, who she says that she's fucking, but, but she's married a- to this guy that she's talking to, Charlie. 
Yeah, and if Billy... The weird thing about that is if you want to build this whole argument that what's going on in these scenes isn't happening in reality, in Twin Peaks this whole season, there's been an ongoing thing of like this character, Billy, who people don't know where he went. <laughs> well, I would say, I don't know if I would say it was ongoing. Well, I mean, it pops up There's been references twice. to it. Okay. <laughs> there was a kid that asked... An episode ends on it. Yeah, somebody just pops into the double R and is like... Has anyone seen Billy? And literally no one reacts. Yeah. And then there's a conversation at the roadhouse between two people that, once again, we've never met. I thought a lot of scenes Andy at the talked, I thought Andy talks to somebody about Billy, too. It seemed like people thought that that guy that Andy was supposed to meet in the woods was Billy, but I, I, nobody's been bringing that up recently, so okay. I don't know if that's the case. Right. I, I really don't. It could be, but I'm not, I, I'm not confident enough now to say... All right, well, let's bring it home. Tell us what the whole Audrey thing means. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, it's unnerving, yet the entire time I was like, well, physically, she looks like she could beat the shit out of this dude. And then that's <laughs> where we kind of left it, where she attacks oh, yeah. this guy, but we don't know what's going on. Um, but she's obviously like... Something's not right. Right. We don't know what. <laughs> and if it is reality, she's something's wrong with her too like she can't take care of herself it doesn't seem like she can drive i mean people like, were speculating that like she's not really married to charlie that charlie is some sort of therapist and that she's like and billy is also a therapist or something that they're not really there's that she's kind of like almost a dicaprio and shutter island kind of right. thing. that she's living out some sort of thing that's not real but yet the trick of the thing is that something is or maybe going these on the just Billy. are her therapy sessions like i mean i understand the shutter island thing but even just beyond that like this is just it is weird though because like ben horn's about to pick her up in a few minutes she references having a dream about billy bleeding out of his mouth and nose and then when we hear those other two characters talk about billy and the one girl whose mom was tina who's someone that audrey also referenced She's like, oh, yeah, he was bleeding out of his nose and mouth. And so it's like she seems to, like, be dialed into something. That, I mean, I will say it's fun to see Audrey back in the mix. I kind of wish she was interacting with other characters. It's So that's kind of disappointing. It's almost kind of like the whole Cooper thing where you're like, well, we have Kyle MacLachlan back, but he's not the Coop that we all remember. And it's like, well, we have Audrey back. She's alive, I guess, but, like, it's not really the same Audrey if she's no. not interacting with everyone else. Like we kind of want her just to be an older version of the Audrey we all remember. But and I think we all had pretty high hopes for where she could have gone. I was really hoping like we'd get a Billy Zane cameo. Oh yeah, that's always a good thing. Uh, we did get a Duchovny cameo. That was early a fun scene. In the run. Yeah. Uh, still, what's his what's his name now? Denise. Denise used to be Dennis. Yeah. Um, I'm old school, Denise. <laughs> I love that, like, Gordon Cole's, like, rep is just, like, this womanizing creep. Yeah. With, like, all these, like, younger chicks. That's uh, art imitating life for David Lynch. <laughs> I will say this about Lynch. He definitely finds a lot of exotic beauties just yeah. from Eye all over talent. the world. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, this was a special extended edition, I guess. I don't know how long this was, but it's probably longer than the normal. Give us a Give second. Give us a second and a half. <laughs> 
So we're going to take a little bit of a breather from Twin Peaks, which I'm sure will come as a relief to anyone who sat through <laughs> all these, which I can't imagine is it's, too many people. I think maybe less than five, I would say. Oh, I would say less than two. Yeah. Um, oh, I was counting us. Okay. All right. Three then. <laughs> uh, we might, I think we will come back to it. We're going to give ourselves like a few weeks, maybe even like a month or so to kind of collect our final thoughts. Maybe we'll actually try to organize this a little bit better for the fourth part. Well, I think maybe all the things that we had questions on from the first three parts, we well, should I doubt address. any of those will be answered. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, then it will be an easy <laughs> wrap up. Up. It'll be like we literally. We could say, like, part four of this could be us being like, well, I can't believe that... We never figured out what was going on with Audrey. <laughs> that Audrey was just never in it again. Yeah. And then there was a whole subplot where, like, elephants flew in from Mars and they were all talking and then their trunks turned into, like, light bulbs that exploded. And it's like, what? Like, anything that you could say right now could be a possibility. Like... Any words you want to throw out. That's why it's fun and you hate it at the same time. <laughs> um, so thanks for listening. Uh, keep those suggestions or those whatever. What are we calling them? <laughs> suggestions works fine. Listener suggestions for um, episodes. We are going to get We'll probably to those be doing shortly. one of those soon, right? Yeah, the first one will probably be within the next couple weeks. Um, we might try to get two in before october because october is going to be a busy month oh, wow already. yeah i forgot october is just right around the bend yeah i so i wouldn't rule out we us have, like do- so many episodes planned for october. yeah so we might do two listener request episodes before october and then take october off from doing that i don't know i'm sure nobody out there cares about our scheduling but whatever uh We'll uh, see you soon for a regular full-length episode. All right. Peace.